Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. This month, we have done a real deep dive. Uh, It has included a lot of really meaningful topics and subjects that I have tried to make sure that they were as understandable as possible. You know, we started, uh, we actually started in January with looking at our meaning frames and how disorganizing it can be to have them shattered by our partner not living up to the understandings that we have about pornography and what pornography viewing looks like in our relationships. That, that probably, uh, I would not be surprised if most of you really listen to that and go, oh my gosh, yeah, my, my partner's not doing this and that has really shattered the way that I think about our relationship and everything that goes on around it. Then in the actual first week of February, we, we moved to the process of confronting ourselves and our partner in loving and meaningful ways that can help us reorganize ourselves into more integrated people. And what I'm talking about when I say integrated is I am in integrity with who I say I am, both privately and publicly. That's what in- integrated means when it comes to this particular you know, uh, discussion. Then the following week, we discussed how we are extracting validation from our partners, how we can stop doing that, and how we can become more self-validating through some of the work that we discussed in the previous two weeks. And when we talk about extracting validation from our partners, this is the process that almost all of us go through in our lives. Uh, We all love to be validated. We all love to have people tell us we're awesome. But... We can also make that into a problem when we require other people to say, no, you're okay. No, you're good. Uh, this is this extracting of validation from our partners can be really a, a pretty big struggle because no one, no one, I don't think anyone, really likes not feeling validated. But if we're to grow, if we're to become the people that we we actually want to be, we have to be willing to, you know, be confronted and confront ourselves. And then, although we might enjoy validation, we don't require it. And, you know, the process of becoming self-validated through some of the work that we discussed in the previous weeks is going to help you really begin to just kind of separate yourself from this idea of, um, what it what your life should look like you know my wife is going to tell me i'm a good person or my husband is going to tell me i'm um you know amazing even when i'm not actually being amazing and then moving to a place where i choose to to be the person i want to be and the pe- person that i um believe that i can be 
regardless of what other people think. So there's a lot in that. Go listen to those podcasts. They are great. And then last week, we talked about disclosure and the ways in which we present ourselves to others in order to manage their beliefs and ideas around who we are. Disclosure, self-disclosure, and other disclosure, these are all really important concepts that um, you know they give us a better sense of who we are around people, but it also, it's, it's us saying, who am I when I'm alone with myself? And what does that look like? And can I share that with you? And there's two parts to that. One part is, am I willing to take that risk? And the other part is, am I capable of hearing when my partner does take that risk? Uh, a lot of times spouses find themselves unwilling or incapable in some sense of hearing their partner when their partner is disclosing. They're, they're, it's hard for them to hear who their partner really is because they have this picture in their mind of what their partner is supposed to be and who their partner is supposed to be. And that person is not who they, you know, when, when we disclose, when we self-disclose, we're actually shattering that idea. So just kind of being aware of that and understanding what it means to disclose who we really are. And can I, am I grown up enough to hear that? And am, am I grown enough to do that with my partner? Those are pretty tough ideas. Um, this is the last episode of the series. Here we're going to explore enmeshment and differentiation and the process of becoming a whole person who can be a good partner without the need for someone to function for us. One of the biggest struggles that I think most marriages have is the issue of how we fold into each other. What I'm talking about here is the amount of enmeshment and conformity that occurs when we become a couple. What this might look like is the need, you know, like the idea of having the same opinion on an important issue. It might look like one partner overfunctioning while the other partner underfunctions. Which all, don't don't be surprised if you notice that that actually happens, and then it also flips in other cir- circumstances. This also looks like some of the requirements we have that our partner reflect our sense of self, who we are, back to us. And I want to just dive into that really quick, quickly. Um, when we require that our partner reflect who we think we are back to us, we are not, we're in a bad kind of feedback loop. This is the kind of feedback loop where you tell me I'm good and I'm not actually being good. I'm not actually being uh, the person that I said I would be. And I'm not really living up to the things that I said I would live up to. And so, you know, what you want to do as a partner is you want to hold up a mirror to that idea and say, you know, we discussed, discussed this. So, you know, go back to self-confrontation, other confrontation, that episode and talk and learn how to do that with your partner in the process of creating intimacy that is built out of the validation of others. We often move along nicely together until one, one day, everything kind of gets stuck or it snaps and we find ourselves in, and our relationship in a moment of crisis. It might be a small crisis. It might be a big crisis. In the case of pornography and the struggle around pornography, this is often a pretty big crisis. It's it's a pretty tough sticking point in most relationships. And then you have spouses saying things like, Darcy did to me, if you don't get this under control, that's the end of our relationship. In part, this is occurring because the meaning framework that we brought into the marriage, so the ideas that we brought into the marriage of you know how p- pornography viewing should be in our marriage is insufficient to hold on to the reality of the situation. And the meaning frame 
that most of us bring into our relationship uh, when we get married is kind of the meaning frame that we've been given by the church, by our parents, by our grandparents, by our church leaders. And that is, you know, if your partner is viewing pornography, that is going to be destructive to your marriage. And then as a result of that meaning frame, now our marriage is in jeopardy. And so is my sense of self in, in the face of the pain that is occurring through the rejection that the other partner is feeling, we, this meeting frame shatters. When we have a crisis point like this in our lives, there are basically three ways that we can deal with it. And here again, I'm going to be leaning on Dr. David Schnarch's book, Passionate Marriage. But these ideas are pretty, I mean, I think they're very important for you to grasp onto and get an idea of how they are working and then try them out. Do them to the best of your ability. Okay. The first is to, so, so when we have this breaking point, there are three ways that we can react to it. And the first way is to violate yourself by folding into the demands of your partner that they put on you or violating your partner by requiring them to fold in to the demands that you place on them. In this scenario, I think a lot of women and partners of those viewing pornography feel totally justified. Part of our culture and part of our moral code demands that pornography never be part of the equation, uh, you know, ever, or it will destroy your marriage. So making this demand that your partner violate themselves to simply behave in the way that you need them to behave so you can be enough for them sexually and otherwise regardless of what what you know what they actually want need or have a, an understanding of is pretty much okay within our LDS tradition now please if you're listening to this and you're going well of, of course my partner should definitely believe what it is that i believe around pornography you're already in that meaning frame and you're you're staying in there and you're like no 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 if he doesn't do this or she doesn't do this then we have a real problem. Um, and, and Darcy would tell you that this is how she felt when she found out. She would do things that tried to um, make me do what it is that she wanted me to do. And then she would also try and fold into me and into the way that she thought I wanted to be. She would try to be sexier. I remember um, we went up to this event up in northern Wisconsin, and it was the most adventuresome she'd ever been uh, in, in our sexual history to that point. And this was a number of years into our marriage and it just felt forced. It felt wrong. It didn't feel like she was really trying to do it because it was what she wanted. She was trying to do it because she was trying to fold into an idea of what she thought I wanted. And really she was just trying to please me. And the way that I would do this to Darcy was that I, you know, I would give her anything she wanted, no matter what it was. Uh, and I, we, I've talked about this on the podcast before and how it really kind of was pretty destructive to me. And even when what she wanted wasn't in the best interest of our family or in my own pers- personal uh, life, so you know, my sense of self, I was giving up my sense of self to give her what she wanted, like giving up meaningful activities that I enjoyed to appease her. Now, so think about this. You know, if, if if this didn't happen in our relationship, but 
you know, if I were giving up, like maybe say I love horseback riding and I was giving up my horseback riding to appease my partner rather than because I want to, that's what this looks like. This is me being someone I'm not really to give them, to give my partner a sense of what is right or true about them rather than me living out my own personal reality and living according to my own personal needs and choosing my partner fully. Um, a lot of people see this in their relationship when it comes to the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So many of us are, you know, we grow up in the church and then we get married. We, you know, we check all the boxes until about, you know, 10, 15 years into our marriage. And all of a sudden we're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And that's tough, but you can see how, uh, you know, it might be something that someone would do where they would say, no, you have to believe this the way I believe it. Or I'm going to leave the thing I believe to, to appease you. And I'm going to leave my church and my belief structure so I can just keep you happy. This is really about enmeshment. It's the kind of, I can't live without you and you can't live without me kind of way that we deal with our partners that draws them in with a view of becoming one based on a single sense of self. And this is a pretty unpleasant and unhappy way to live your life. So if you have lived in any of these structures, you're like, yeah, I don't like this. So the second thing that often happens in relationships when there's this intense sticking point is to distance ourselves from the relationship emotionally or physically or both. So if you have been in the depths of this kind of situation or you know someone who has, you've likely experienced this or seen it. And it shows up in a variety of ways that can be pretty dramatic or that might not be that dramatic, but they show up, right? So either way, our behaviors become about moving away from our partner and even closing off emotionally. I don't think Darcy ever really did this. Um, well, uh, l- let me say it this way. There were times when she would pull away from me, uh, but it was always a short period of time. And there were times where I would pull away from her. But again, it was always a short period of time, partly because we like each other and partly because we wanted this to work and we were trying and we were experimenting and it wasn't, neither of us was fed up with the other to the point where, you know, we could go and separate uh, you know, legally or maritally or any, anything like that. So for us, it was usually a pull away so I can kind of gather my thoughts and gather who I am, but it was never like a pull away. I'm never coming back to this relationship. So unlike the enfolding into each other sense that we get from accommodating or being accommodated, this looks more like I'm drowning in our usness, in in all of the togetherness, and I need to escape it in order to be me. Now, you're probably hearing that and you might think, well, that's actually a good idea. Um, where this becomes tr- problematic is that when I cannot be in relationship to another person or in relation to another person, I should say, without taking on their anxieties and their struggles, it is not actually a refuge to be alone, especially in the midst of a marriage. So let me just kind of dissect that for you for a second. Um, when, when we are doing this kind of separating When we choose to come back to our partner, we take on all of the anxiety and the struggle and the frustration that they have. And we are not our own person in that conversation. And so that's why we separate only to come back and just be back into the, into the thrust of it, into the, you know, the, 
the really deep parts of it. And when we go away, we're not, we don't like being alone. We, we, we are constantly thinking back to what's going on there while still saying, no, I can't go back into that. So just kind of being aware that this isn't a really helpful or safe way to long-term have a, a relationship, a marital relationship. So the final way that we can engage with these stuck and difficult mo- moments is to con- our, confront ourselves and to become what David Schnarch calls more differentiated. So the last process is, I think it's one of ambiguous trying. You know, as I've read Passionate Marriage and as I've listened to people like Jennifer Finlayson Five, it's become clear to me that there isn't a lot of concreteness in this process of becoming differentiated other than the steps that we we talked about in in the first four episodes of this series. But now, that's not to say that those aren't concrete processes. It's just to say that it's not it's not readily apparent to me. It's not apparent to me that doing these things is just like flipping on a switch. It is apparent to me that it is more one of trying and failing and trying again, and you know, just kind of working our way along slowly in a in a basically trying to see how these particular skill sets fit into our lives. Differentiation is a word that means to make a distinction from the things around us, but I'm not sure that this word captures by itself for regular people like you and me how this is accomplished or what it means in terms of how relationships can be improved by it. In part, it is, so this this concept is, I think, the amalgamation of, so the, the putting together of concepts that we've, that we've talked about this month, right? So doing all of those different things that we've talked about this month and doing each of these things to help us determine how we are different from our partner. That self-confrontation, that self-validation, that meaning frame conversation, those are all ways that we go, well, this is how I'm coming into this partnership. And these, this is the real me, the person that I am when I'm alone with me. But there's a step that we haven't talked about in this concept that is, I think, essential. It's really key. While we are different physically and mentally, we often try to conform to each other in order to create a sense of unity. But differentiation does not include conformity, I don't think. And I've studied this for a while, and I've been reading about it for a while, and I've not found that anywhere in the literature that you need to conform to your partnership. But what it does include is it includes choosing closeness in the face of our differences without letting go of our sense of self or our desire for our partner. Okay, so this is why I think it's a little bit of an ambiguous concept because we can do all these skills and then we have to feel our way through it. And feeling our way through it is never concrete, I don't think anyway. And one way that this is put in the book is that differentiation is the ability to soothe our own anxiety and resist being infected by other people's anxiety. Now, I take that to mean that I can manage my emotions all by myself and not require that my partner take care of me and willingly accept the loving critique of my partner. So this isn't like you're an a-hole kind of critique. This is when you do this, it makes me feel X. That's what's going on for me. And I don't really like it when you do that. While also, you know, so you, that's what a loving critique of your partner looks like. And again, go back to the go back to the other four episodes for that. 
while also being willing to confront the things in myself that I don't like. So this is, I think, really tough. Most of us try to bury our head in the sand. This, by the way, is one of the reasons why I think pornography is particularly difficult to eliminate because we don't like to actually look at what's going on when we turn to pornography. This is why we use a lot of um, what I would call distancing language and distancing mentally from the event. Oh, it happened yesterday. And then, you know, I'll talk to people who literally they will have looked at pornography the day before and I go, okay, well, where did it happen? Or when did it happen? And they have trouble recalling the actual details because the moment it's over, we try to distance from it as quickly as possible. So we don't actually have to confront the conversation that we had in our head before it happened. So just kind of being aware of that is, is going to be helpful. And, you know, as you're, you know, confronting the things in myself that I don't like, I also have to overcome my need to be validated by others and become capable of validating myself in the process of eliminating unnecessary ways of presenting myself to others, especially my spouse, as I disclose to my partner who I really am. That's like this whole laundry list of things, right? Like, I mean, there's like, I think six things, six or eight things in there. That is, that, that, <laughs> that probably seems like a lot. I mean, you heard that whole list. That's what it means to um, have the ability to soothe your own anxieties, resist being infected with other people's anxieties and choose closeness. And that's why I waited until this podcast to explain all of it at, you know, just kind of give it a, a, a nice wrapping. And I think it's no wonder it is hard to become the people we want to be. We have to get good at so many important and sometimes difficult processes at once. And another way that Dr. Schnarch describes this differentiation concept in the in his book, uh, Passionate Marriage. And by the way, if you have not read Passionate Marriage and you can stomach uh, some swear words, in, in particular the F word, he uses it in its most correct vernacular, then, uh, then you know, I would highly recommend it. But if you, you know, if you're not, if you're not down with that or you, you're like, I can't dive deep into the minutia of a really interesting psychology book, then, you know, just go listen to the podcasts a couple of times and hopefully I will have covered enough of it. Um, you know, we have to get good at so many different things. And in his book, Dr. Schnarch, it talks about having the ability to maintain a sense of self while in relation to others. He also describes differentiation this way. It is your ability to maintain your sense of self when you are emotionally and or physically close to others, especially as they become increasingly important to you. Now, I've given you three different definitions that the author and the, I think he's essentially the, the inventor of this concept, gives in his literature. And they, these these ideas might have more in common than is maybe readily apparent, but just being aware that this is why it's a little bit of a thick book. For many of us, the closer we get to our partner, the less we see ourselves as one person who chooses another, and we are more likely to see ourselves as an indistinct part of a whole. And this is where you have to get good at differentiation. You have to be yourself who chooses your partner. That's really, I think, the essence of these concepts and the absolute opposite of what enmeshment looks like. So for me, when I came to this process, um, 
and I didn't come to it from this book. I really had to figure it out on my own. And I'm so grateful that I could figure it out, uh, a lot of it on my own. Uh, Darcy and I have really worked very tirelessly, I think, on our marriage. And I, I imagine there are a lot of you out there who work tirelessly on your marriage. And if you want help with these concepts, Darcy and I are totally here. We would love to have you know either a consult with you or have you sign up for the membership. Either one of those things will get you a long way. And then, of course, if you want to get individual coaching with me, you can totally do that. That's not the point of this, though. The point is, if you want to have the marriage that I think we all actually want to have, not the fairy tale, not the not the <laughs> the Disney princess version of what a real marriage looks like, or not the Disney princess version of what a marriage looks like, but the real version of what the best kind of marriages look like, it's being able to be my own self, which means that I have to be good at, you know, disagreeing with my partner in loving ways. I mean, that whole list, like I'll go through this list again with you really quick. To be differentiated, to have the marriage that you want, I think it means that you have to be able to manage your own emotions, not require that your partner take care of you, willingly accept the loving critique of your partner. So listening to it, hearing it, sometimes evaluating it critically, but also being clear and being careful to look at it from their perspective while also still being willing to confront the things that in myself that I don't like, and then also overcome your need to be validated by others and become capable of validating yourself in the process of eliminating unnecessary ways of presenting yourself to others. And if you don't know what I'm talking about there, you've got to go back in time and go listen to the other podcasts especially my spouse. We, If we are presenting ourselves to our spouse, we're not being real with them. That's problematic in a long-term relationship. And then also being willing and capable of disclosing to my partner who I really am. That's a lot of stuff. But that, I think, is what differentiation looks like. So if you have questions, you know, reach out to me. I want to hear them. I want to know what it is that you're asking so I can either address it in a future podcast or I can just you know, have a conversation with you directly. doesn't matter to me. I want to help as many of you as I possibly can. This is the work. And I love you guys so much. I, I hope this has been a helpful process to go from, you know, the end of January in through this end of February conversation. And I, I hope and I pray for each of you that you will be able to get the things out of this podcast and out of the coaching that I do in a way that will get you to the place where you want to be, which is a happy, loving, fruitful, long-term marriage and relationship. All right, you guys. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash workwithme and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, how to overcome pornography with skills that actually work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. 
Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.